These are difficult times. It's winter and the pandemic continues to affect our lives every single day. And because we know this prolonged, increased isolation makes it harder to get sober and stay sober, Recovery Centers of America wants you to know that they remain open and ready to help. Recovery Centers of America is a drug and alcohol addiction treatment leader with detoxification and residential treatment centers across the East Coast and Midwest. RCA's expert team of medical professionals will customize a treatment program that works for you to help you overcome your addiction and begin a life in recovery. RCA always answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365. And because safety is a top priority, COVID-19 protocols, including pre-screening measures and testing, are in place to keep you safe. Don't wait. Call today. Dial 855-605-2655. 855-605-2655. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the metro. No mask, no metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Everybody, I'm Caleb and I'm Micah, and we'd like to welcome you to this, this life together. together. That's T W O. Y'all know the rest. <laughs> yeah, we're we gonna switch that up a little bit. Um, so today we got a couple of things that we wanted to address. I don't know if you guys peeped Coachella this past weekend, and apparently Kanye does this thing where it's like Sunday service. So Caleb and I have real mixed feelings about Kanye, this whole Sunday service thing, and really, more importantly, him selling his merch. Was it a Holy Spirit hoodie? So, like $500? He sold Holy Spirit hoodies for $255. He sold Jesus Walks socks for $50. So. I'm real conflicted about this because Kanye, for me, you know, canceling is the thing. And it's funny because we were actually watching, uh, what was that, Kev on stage and my man's. Doughboy. Yes. And they brought up the same thing that me and Caleb were talking about on Sunday. We feel like Kanye is pandering to us as black people to try to win us back. And they falling for it. Y'all I don't even know. I, I don't even know if people are falling for it because I don't think a lot of people even are aware that he did it because a lot of the people that I'm friends with are so far removed from Kanye at this point that it's just like they don't really care. So whenever they see his name pop up on social media, they just don't even pay attention to it. Because the first thing I saw about the Coachella performance wasn't even Kanye. It was actually Tiana Taylor um, singing something. <laughs> And it was like through the weird little uh, peephole lens thing that they had going on. So I'm personally just offended with Kanye for trying to basically do what Beyonce did. Because that's really all you did. What you mean? Because Beyonce molded her Coachella 
performance last year around black. black excellence, in my opinion. I thought it was HBCUs. Right, but she picked HBCUs as a way to bring our culture and our blackness and our swag. Yeah, she said that. To the rest of the world on such a large platform. And I think that Kanye's intentions were not to do that. I think Kanye out here trying to rip off the Lord. I think Kanye is trying to use the Lord to his own benefits. Yeah. I just I, I thought that was a little um that that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way cuz it was just like it's one thing like the the Sunday service thing whoopty do. He put on all these little snippets, don't nobody ever hear the whole song. And it's just enough to get people hooked. It's basically just like any other good song. And I think it's it's interesting to see because like you said, the cancel culture thing is just kind of stupid in my opinion. People said he gonna cancel people and they listen to him the next day. I don't understand. But needless to say, like people people are people and People are going to make mistakes. I'm not going to say that anybody is perfect, but you do have the choice to let people into your life and basically put people out of your life. I mean, you could call that canceling or you could not call it canceling. But needless to say, this whole Kanye thing is just ridiculous, in my opinion. He's, and I don't get why people are acting as if he's doing anything out of character. He's been the same narcissistic person since the time since we ever met him. I knew he was narcissistic since he was on the Dave Chappelle show before anybody knew who Kanye was. So, he's he not showing any new characteristics so people can go ahead and just go ahead and nip that in the bud right there because it's not like we didn't know he was this way. I think it's just the fact that he keeps doing different stuff. I wouldn't even say, yeah, I wouldn't say it's so much that they don't think Kanye is a narcissist. We could care less about Kanye being a narcissist but at least if you're going to be wilding out and bugging, be true to some values. I don't think Kanye has any set of values that he's true to other than himself and money. Like That's what I mean. It, it, that's that's just it. Regardless of what his antics or his shenanigans might be, that's really, but literally it. That's narcissism, so, though. He only care about himself. He's going to do whatever he can to I, elevate I himself. I'm, I just, you know, I don't expect Kanye to be anything but Kanye. And I don't really feed too much into celebrities, let alone the whole Kanye, Kim, and whatever else. They ain't paying my bills. I got stuff to do. Um, you know, that whole mentality around them being such a hot topic in the world and him being so influential. And it kind of made me sad just to see the way that his career has gone. But Kanye lost me with Jesus. Let's be clear. Like, <laughs> it's been a downward spiral ever since then so I think that's just that's just what it is and I think it's crazy because obviously Kanye West is not the only person who takes advantage of people in their spirituality people in their walks with God and I think that's the biggest problem that I have with Kanye West just because he's really trying to use the Lord and our experience as black people as black Christians to basically manipulate us, which is wild. And I, it's even funnier because I, I specifically remember this might have been like day three. Me and Caleb actually had a conversation about 
where we were with our situation um, and how we felt about God, where we were with our work with God, and we were really talking about church. And we were talking about how we've dated people who have actually actually tried to make themselves seem like they were more into God than they may have been because we were into God or even more so to the point they tried to make themselves I guess they tried to avoid the topic of being into God like if Caleb would be like yeah I'm going to church it'd be an excuse of why they couldn't come or like just stuff like that I dated somebody who had a like cross tattooed on their chest and told me that they didn't really believe in God. And I'm just like, yeah, you're a whole lost individual. He got his tattoo on the east side in somebody's basement. Because <laughs> that's the only way you accidentally get a cross on your chest. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, that perception of, I think, when people are Christians, you know, if you love me, you got to believe what I believe. And I, I think that that perception causes people to act in a way that's real well, disingenuous. That that just goes to the point of um, just dating in general. I mean, most of the time, people put on they it's they put on their best face, and they trying to market themselves. You're trying to sell yourself, basically. Yeah. So you know, it's really up to you to determine whether or not you can identify that that person is in fact doing that. And for you to decide if they are, if you're going to deal with it or not. So I think that that's something that I realized um, while I was dating too. I know you said you had a couple of situations like that. But I for sure have had situations where it's like I didn't realize that we weren't on the same page. And then when I did, it was kind of like, okay, where am I, I going to go from here? Am I about to just dead this jump right now? And then it it didn't get it to put the, you in such an awkward place. Yeah, because it's like because you kind of invested. <laughs> it wasn't even. Yeah, it was just weird. It was really, really was. It was really weird. And I think the the thing that hit the nail on the head for me was like, this was uh, what year is it? Twenty nineteen. Yes. This was like five years ago now, which sounds crazy because I don't know how five years went just went by that fast. But I remember. Um, inviting somebody to church with me for New Year's and I had to like almost forcibly like bring her finally wind up coming I kid you not I felt like it was like almost every excuse in the book once we got in the building she was trying to make to get out the thing that tripped me out the most on New Year's Day she just got up and left in the middle like service hadn't even started it was praise and worship like the first song of praise and worship. It wasn't even like nine o'clock and she just peaced out and I'm just sitting there like, this ain't never happened. This baby didn't get stood up at to church. The, man, look. <laughs> and it was crazy. It was crazy because I know like I got we got family um friends and um we know a lot of people that are that serve at the church. So I knew people that was like ushers, so they were trying to hook me up with good seats or whatever, because it'd be packed. Everybody in my mom be trying to go to church on New Year's and Easter and blah blah blah. Yeah. So when I got there she saw me walk in with her, and then, like when she left, I'm like, "Well, I'm not about to sit in the back. That was only sitting. I was only sitting in the back because you was acting like you didn't want to sit in the front." So I found I found my, my um friend that um worked that she was an usher, and she was like, "Oh, you want to sit in the front?" I'm like, "Yep." I was basically sitting all the way up in the front by myself, and then she was like, "What happened?" To, and then she was like, "You know what? Never mind." I'm just like. 
that was probably one of the crazier situations that I've been in. But I have been in situations that have also helped me realize that I was, in fact, looking for um, my significant other to have the same goals and um, beliefs as me. Um, so, I mean, even though those situations didn't work out, that was, it was different things that I picked out from each of those situations that I realized, like, okay, these are different things that I have grown to understand about myself and things that I needed. And that just, I think that just speaks to where I was in my walk. So, um, you know, I, once I think once me and Micah started dating, I kind of just jumped straight to it. Like we, we got to be on the same page, not necessarily like we got to be on the same page. Like I need you to do what I'm telling you. It was like, is either you with me or you not? And if you're not on the, if we're not on the same page, not necessarily saying that we needed to be at the same on the same page with our Christ walk, but necessarily, not necessarily, but I needed to know that she had a relationship with God off the rip. I think it's funny because the person that I was speaking about with the chest tattoo, um, like I was, it was just such a wild situation that for me, it had me really second guessing myself and the decisions that I was making and even my own relationship with God. And that was at the point where I just really knew after me and that individual parted ways that it was like a void in my life. And I know you guys have heard me say multiple times that when Caleb actually approached me to start dating, I specifically told him that I was like not really trying to date at that time because I was working on my relationship with God. I didn't come from like a churchy family. My mother is a Christian. She goes to church. She reads her Bible daily, but we never went to church Wednesday and every Sunday. And I feel like the older I get, the less we went to church. And it would be times where I would even go to church by myself as I got like to be an adult. But I was really lacking an understanding of what it meant to have a relationship with God, what God's word meant about me and about my life. And even with me deciding to get actually saved, I was christened, but you know, actually decided to get like baptized. I got baptized when I was 16 and it was a choice that I made on my own. Um, but I still didn't really have a concrete understanding at the time of what it meant to have just that closeness with God and that intimacy with God. And that's something that obviously you grow and you learn as life goes on. But I had dated people who said that they were really close to God or that they love God and they had X, Y, Z, Z relationship with God. And obviously we, we people, we make mistakes, but at the same time, we have to be very conscious of how we treat others when we say we're representatives of Christ. I had to learn that myself. Like I can't be out here repping the Lord and then I'm treating people bad. I'm bad mouthing people. You know, I'm out here just bullying people or doing whatever not saying that I've necessarily done like horrible things to people but at the end of the day we're very responsible for our actions and people are looking at us and looking to us to really be love and I think it was um who Andy Duplantis who said um Jesse Jesse yes he was saying that Sometimes the only Jesus people see is it's you. Jesus in you and the Jesus in me. So it's my responsibility to be 
an example of love as hard as that may be sometimes because my temper baby who yeah work in progress but you know i do my best and i'm trying to grow every day and i think that for some people they never had that relationship with God. So to them dating somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God, that works for them. But for me, that wasn't something that yeah, I was. Yeah, you can't. For. You can't be the the savior for other people. You can't. But, but what? What? Let's rewind some. What would you say ultimately led you? Because I know you said you were, um, you weren't brought up in the church, and you ultimately cultivated your own relationship with God. I wouldn't say I cultivated it. I would say my mama cultivated it, but I, it was my responsibility to make it grow. She planted the seed, but I really had to seek the information for myself because I think that's another crucial thing that even a lot of people who are who are brought up in the church, I mean, they still fall down. We, we all are people. I had to realize I needed God. I mean, it just was that simple. I really just needed God. I needed the relationship. I needed... To be able to be in a place where I could put my trust in God and not be so hyper-focused on what can me, Micah, as a human do to make this situation better. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely have control over my circumstances and I absolutely do have the power to control my own life, make my own decisions. But at the same time, I needed to be at a place where I could trust in God doing what he needed to do in my life and shifting things around. Because clearly the way that I was trying to shift stuff around was not working. I'm talking about coming to my finances, coming to romance, coming to where I was living, the things that I was doing. And really just me wanting more for myself. I had to get that to God. And once I did, immediately I noticed like just <laughs> it's really funny because just like. It's like God sees you trying because he knows your heart. So he sees you when you're in the moments of really trying to build that relationship with him. And while you're seeking him, he'll seek you. And I think that I I have made a vision board like I do at the beginning of the year. And I'll say before March hit, everything on my vision board was cleared off. That was God. Because I had some pretty big stuff on that vision board. This was my last year or a year before this that? This was in 2017 at the beginning of the year. And mm -hmm. I do it yearly. But yeah, just like everything that I put in front of me that I was believing to receive, even you. And I wasn't even necessarily seeking you. I wasn't seeking a husband. I was just in a place where I feel like God helped to prepare me to be able to love myself so that when the right person being you came along to be able to love me, I was ready to receive and reciprocate that properly. I, I was honestly say the same thing in regards to what ultimately brought me to um, my Christ walk because I was brought up in a church. Now, granted, my parents, my biological parents are divorced. Um, so I, I was primarily with my mom and my dad. We only went to church with my dad. Um Oh, and that was like every other weekend. So or he might come over every now and then might take us on an off weekend where he didn't have us. But we would go to church with him. But when we went to church, it was kind of obligatory. Like we really just went yep. because we were supposed to go with him. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think nothing of it until, you know, obviously I matured and realized, you know, that I wasn't gaining anything from it. So my original home church, I, I went to a Baptist church and it was kind of like, I just... I would fall asleep every Sunday. Like, this was like from 
childhood to like early teens, I would fall asleep every Sunday. No matter what, who was speaking, I would go to sleep. And it was funny because thinking back now, it's like my dad, I feel like my dad wasn't even getting nothing out of it because he would fall asleep. So it's like, oh, wow. he, I look it up, me, him, and my sister would be asleep. Me, him, and Mariana would be sleeping there. And it's just like, we, if none of us, like I'm thinking now in retrospect, like, None of us was getting anything from that. Now, granted, all of none of us are there anymore, um, and everybody has their specific, you know, thing. They, everybody has a different ear, um, a different way that they retain information, and I think that's important. If anybody is listening that are looking for a church home, just make sure that sorry, make sure that the um, Caleb over here stabbing me. Sorry, up. I just cut my nails. But <laughs> just, just make sure that um, you know, wherever that wherever you are going, just make sure that you're understanding what's what you're being taught. Um, and that you feel like you being fulfilled by whatever the message is. Like that's the that's the biggest thing. You you have to go where you're being poured into and you being taught the word because that's the biggest thing. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, we love, you know, to sing and dance and praise and worship, but at the end of the day, we're there to get the word. Yeah, and but to go back to your point where you were saying like you know you felt like God brought you to a point where you were comfortable with your comfortable in your own skin and you loved yourself enough that you were prepared to then love somebody else, and I think that I was in a very similar situation but a little bit different. So um, I had gotten to the point where I thought that I was basically doing everything right. I had got to school, I had moved back home. Um, Actually, I had moved back home, but then right after that, I moved, found another. I got a, a, a better job. I moved out. I was basically paying my own bills, doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. I think I was like twenty two, maybe twenty three at the time, and I was just basically I was self sufficient. I'm like, I don't know what else I could be doing. Like, I don't have no kids. I don't have no girlfriend or nothing. So I'm like, when I did um, start dating, I felt like I had invested so much into everything else but God that I had prioritized him at the bottom of the totem pole, essentially. And when things went awry, I didn't have him as, I wouldn't say I didn't have him, I didn't utilize him as my first line of defense because I hadn't prioritized him there for so long. So I just ultimately just fell to like like a deep, dark hole where it was just like I was completely lost. And I talked to, I talk to my siblings and at least one of my parents every day. I try to talk to everybody in the same day. Like I'll call, I'll check on my cousins. I'll talk to my siblings and my parents pretty much throughout the day. So when it got to the point where I was, when my family was basically looking for me, like where the heck is Caleb at? They like, that really kind of, like it took for my brother to kind of get me out of the hole. My older brother, and he was just like, he just pulled me to the side like, man, what's going on? Like, I had finally went over and just chopped it up with him and was telling him what was going on. And he ultimately invited me to what is now called, like, small groups where it was basically, like, smaller um, uh, Bible studies held for, um, it was for men only. So when I went, I felt like that was the first time in a while that I had the opportunity to be vulnerable around other men in a while. So when I finally did get all of that off my chest... I kept going, and then after I kept going, um, I then started going to church from that. And then once I, you know, realized that I was um, 
I love the messages, not just the messages, because you can get wrapped up in a man's words. So when I realized that it was stuff that I could retain, take note of, come home to, and then meditate on, I realized that it was something that that was instructional. It wasn't just something that I can hear on Sunday and get a quick little charge. And then by the time I get home, I don't, I don't remember none of it. Sunday night football, come on. Yeah, and you just forget. So I think that that's ultimately what brought me back. That's what brought me to the realization that I needed God, and that's how I found him. And then from there, I just, like, I just, everything just kind of propelled from there. I just started getting more and more invested in serving, serving God in any capacity that I could. I tried to put myself in a position where I was so, so enveloped in serving in ministry that I had no opportunity to do anything other than that. So I was either serving, I was either working, or I was at home. And that was just the way it is. And it, it might sound boring, but it's so much it's so much that can be done in those three little things. And then other than just relaxing or spending time with family. But it was like any of that the stuff that I was on before, like just going out and just basically just being out like nothing I forgot who it was that said it was like basically like nothing good happened after like 11 or 10 or something like that. Like if you go out or something like that. But it's just like just realizing like just reprioritizing and reprogramming yourself because, you know, a lot of times we do this, we do stuff just out of repetition. Habit. And it's, it's very like hard, memory. very hard to break. So once you realize that, you know, the things that you might be doing may not may or may not be benefiting you. I think that's when you really kind of got to self-check and then adjust. Like you can't just really self-check because we can check ourselves every day and not change nothing. I think also it was super important for me to realize once I started my walk with God, like you're going to get tested about how serious you are on this walk with God. In a lot of different ways. In a lot of different ways. And for me, it was important to really be mindful of how I was protecting my views and protecting how significant it was for me personally to have a relationship. And I just had to treat it like I treat any other relationship in my life with people that I'm close to. I am a very overprotective daughter. Don't talk about my mama. You're going to get these east side hands. The Lord's not done with me yet. <laughs> Caleb is laughing. From the steady working serious. project. Man, what? So I am, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very overprotective friend. I was telling I was telling my girls the other day I had to learn the lesson of I can't be that friend that's gonna come with you and slash these tires, then I'm gonna get arrested and you're gonna be at home watching Netflix and I ain't got no money on my books. What? So I'm telling you this stuff you just gotta be conscious of. I Ready? had to take the J's out the back of the trunk because I'm not going to jail. Are you fighting J's? <laughs> I'm fighting Tim's, the ones that I painted in, so I don't care about them at all. They was the ones I hooped in, so they was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Jays. That should be the name of this episode. Was talking. Dead Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but no, I just had to really uh treat that relationship as protective or just, you know, being as protective of that relationship as I am with everything else in my life. You you had to come through God to get to me and you had to really be serious about it. And that was something that I really paid attention with, with Caleb and even with myself. I didn't want my views to be swayed one way or the other because of anybody that I was seeing, anybody that I was dating. And I think Caleb brought his own spirituality and his own, um, you know, just 
feelings towards God that made me love him even more because it was genuinely the way that he felt about God. I didn't have to ask him to come to church with me. He was asking me to come to church with him. And even with that, it wasn't ever like he was trying to convert me to his church home, even though that was where I found my place, where I found my home. He was coming to church with me just as much as I was going to church with him. And we ended up deciding, you know, that that was the way we wanted our relationship to be, because I think in his mind, just like in mine, and I think this is super important. Whenever you decide to commit to a church home, you got to commit to it for you. So at the time, I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I really like Caleb. Um, you know, it has the potential to grow. But at the same time, that has nothing to do with what I'm getting fed at church. That is completely separate. So had I not been actually receiving the word, learning the word, and being built up spiritually by attending word of faith, I wouldn't be there. And I... I I can't say one way or the other how that would have affected our relationship in the long run. One of us probably would have ended up converting to the other's church. But I think that that was just super important. And then it was like I had to, you know, keep it like a stingy kid. Like, no, this is my relationship right here. Like, And Caleb even now has his relationship with God. I have my relationship with God. We have a joint relationship with God because God is the head of this relationship first and foremost. But we also really have to have our own relationships with God. We have to be seeking him individually because if I'm constantly trying to be the best version of myself for God and Caleb is constantly trying to be the best version of himself for God, we're going to be the best versions of ourselves for each other. And I think that that was something that I had to learn and I only learned because I took time out to figure it out. Like, that's just it. I think you you um, you brought up something interesting when you said, you know, like you're a protective daughter. And that was one of the biggest things. I think I might have talked. We might have talked about this real early on in our relationship. This might have even been before we was actually together. But it was just like the thing that helped me. So I know a big thing for people that are, you know, just trying to like people that are genuinely trying to better their relationship. And now, and not in no way, shape, or form, am I a minister? Let me get this out the way right now. But I'm just gonna tell you what worked for me. I what I did was it took me a while to realize like it's kind of hard to sometimes people have the um, they have problems with praying they don't know how to pray and they don't know how to ask people to learn how to pray because how can you teach somebody how to pray because you're ta- you you can't essentially you're teaching somebody how to talk and that was what I had to really realize is that when I talk to when I talk to God you don't always have to be on your knees. Um, on the end of the bed with your hands pushed, pressed together up against your forehead. God like that's, everywhere. And then when the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll be more comfortable. Um, and the thing that I that made it easier for me was I just started talking to him like I talked to my real daddy. I talked to my daddy how often? I need to talk to him that often. And then one of the things that I... Um, like just how I speak to him. Um, now I'm not about to be like, yo, what's up there? You know, blah, 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 blah. But no, I'm I'm gonna talk to him because I know that he's listening and I know that he cares and I know that he's gonna do whatever he can, which is everything, to give me what I'm asking for. And um that was one of the things that ultimately made it easier for me to communicate with him because at first, um I just didn't know. Like I knew I knew what I wanted to do, I just didn't know how. 
Um, and the sooner I realize that the relationship that I have with him, he's my he's he's my father as well. So as soon as I learn to communicate with both of them the same, it made it a whole lot easier for me to talk. I was just trying to think of why you were why you were saying that when I started praying like I talked to God just regular. And I really can't remember when it started. I I always said my prayers at night. That was something that my mama like was real strict about. Like going there, say your prayers every night. And it was just like the Lord's prayer. Um she had me saying at a very early age and I literally said it every night whether she was there or whether she wasn't there and I can't even remember when that transition transitioned into me um saying the Lord's prayer and then also just making sure that I was praying for other people I think that was how I learned how to just talk to God so it would be like I would say the Lord's prayer and then I would also pray for like my family, pray for my friends, pray for the people who I knew were going through situations or going through things. And then I would just kind of end it there. But I realized it was times where I would just literally have to go to God, thank him, and really just like talk to him. If I need help, like, I just talked to him. Like you said, I just had a conversation with him. Like, he's a real person. He knows everything I'm thinking, everything I'm saying anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it's no point in me trying to pretend like I, you don't got a code switch with God. <laughs> that that just that made me think about uh, the story in Genesis when Adam and Eve, they had basically, when once the uh, fruit had got Aiden, the Aiden, the fruit got ate. How they basically just completely switched up on God. They was trying to hide themselves. He's like, "What y'all doing?" They in the office talking in their corporate voice. They're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> they my in father." The garden, they in the garden eating. I'm Pink sorry. Up. Oh. I'm sorry, my father. <laughs> Where y'all get this British accent? It's like I, I didn't teach y'all that. I was naked. No, I'm not. <laughs> it was like, who I've told been, y'all I was naked? I've been clothed. Why y'all father. tripping? But it's 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 just funny because, you know, I think that. All, all, all with, with all of that said, I think that our relationship, like like you said earlier, is just that's our foundation. And I think that whenever we, if we have a disagreement, if we don't even have a disagreement, we use that as a basis to make our decisions. We try our best to not just make decisions hastily and based on our own emotions because Lord knows where that's going to lead us. So... To know that we are both on the same page about that, um, that like legitimately sets like a fire underneath it because we're we're just like we're not in control of our own lives together. Mike and I are in control of we we are in control of our relationship through our faith. I wouldn't say we're not in control, but I would say that we are in control of our relationship through our faith, meaning that we are. It would be cliche of me like, whoa, we don't, we just let God do all the work. That's a lie. That's absolutely not that's true. That's a lie. That ain't the case in nothing. Because you do your part. Exactly. It's a two-way street. And I think that's one of the misconceptions when it comes to, 
you know, to walk with um I can't with just God. treat Caleb like trash and be like the Lord knows my heart. But I love Jesus though. <laughs> I hate him, dog. He be getting on my nerves. Oh. I hate him so much. Jesus. I'm about to bleach all his stuff, but I love the Lord. Exactly. no. Whoa. <laughs> um it's a little bit too descriptive. Maybe think that you thought about that before. You better go pray after this. Wait a minute. But um, you know, I think that um you know, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most, just because even since we've been together, there's been a ton of things that we've believed for that have come to pass. I'd be showing up and showing up. And, and that's the thing. Like, when you give him, you have to give him, God gave us the, he gave us will. We have the, we have choice. He's not one to just come controlling us like we are puppets. He gave us, he gave us our own. Free will. free will. So we have to now give him the go ahead, essentially the green light to work in our life. If you if you want something, you have to you have to still ask him for these things. You can't just expect him to just show up. You have to give him that green light. And now to go back to what I was saying, you know, there's been tons of things that Mike and I were just completely confused about, didn't know how we was gonna get it. And you know, we just took the time to stop thinking about it from our own perspective. Like, we could solve it with our own means and just gave it to God, believed for it. And then those things start to start to come to fruition. And it was just like, it's mind-boggling. So, I think, again, just to know that our relationship is um, on that type of foundation is just great. I think that's just something that's really helped us even get to this point. Because you heard us talk about the marriage process several times and just how awesome it could be, but also how stressful it could be at times. And it really just takes for us to recenter on the fact that we're becoming one under God, regardless of everything that's going on. Like we really have to silence the craziness and understand the significance of what we're about to do, because it's like a big deal. Like this till death do us part. That's a that's a big deal. That's deep. And so we just really try to make sure that we're consistently like we owe it to ourselves, but we also owe it to each other. Like I think when you ask someone to marry you and they say yes, y'all are making a commitment to progress and live in your purpose together. That's really what it is. God is calling you to do something. God is joining you with this person to glorify him in some way. And that's going to take some work. But most importantly, that's going to take both of y'all having a relationship with him. And I think just, you know, really being steadfast and standing firm and what your beliefs are and being able to see through the craziness, whether it be friends you have or who you dating, like those, that's just really important to be able to hold close to your values and hold close to God, even when situations arise and you you feel a little tested i mean we just were talking about that earlier like Satan be roaming around like a lion really just trying to test you and see who he can devour because he don't have the power to really destroy you but he can make you destroy yourself by mm -hmm. lying to you about who you are about who god says you are and about what you deserve most importantly and i just the whole situation where people feel like they have to misrepresent themselves or even if that's really how they feel in terms of 
where they are or are not in their relationship with God, it's ultimately up to you to be able to decide how you are with God, regardless of if they got on the $250 Holy Spirit hoodie, <laughs> regardless of whether they walking around in these Jesus walk socks and they don't have nothing spiritually to offer themselves, let alone you. Those are really significant things that you got to be mindful of. Don't let nobody be out here misrepresenting themselves, taking advantage of you. And then next thing you know, you're in a bad situation. I've been there. And it ain't fun. Sure ain't. <laughs> so, That junk suck, man, been bamboozled. Just really be centered on who you are and who God said you are. And going from there. It's... But you know, that, that takes time and it takes commitment. You can't just go to him once and think that that's it. Like you gotta really make habit of pressing in and communicating with him. Um, it's just like any other relationship. I'm like, really, you really have to think about it as like any other relationship. You can't. And you gotta make it enjoyable. Something that you brought up earlier, like when you were saying you guys went to church, you went to church out of obligation and habit. Like you don't wanna be spending time theoretically with God because that's out of obligation and habit. Because if he was a real person, like physically in front of you. You wouldn't want to just be spending time with God because you got to spend time with God. Like, think about if you got siblings younger (laughs) than you, how many times did your parents be like, oh, you better take your sister. Go play with your sister. Or even your cousin. Man, let me tell you. (laughs) My cousin, Tony. I love Tony to bits. Tony is five years younger than me. When I tell you I couldn't stand him, to paint a picture of me and Tony's relationship, Tony was three. I was eight. This boy pushed me into a Christmas tree. At three years old, he pushed me. I was a small eight. He pushed me into a Christmas tree. And it was a real Christmas tree. And I had pine needles stuck all in my frilly socks. Couldn't stand Tony. Tony was on me like white on white rice in a paper plate in a snowstorm. Everywhere I went, Tony went. He was my shadow and I couldn't stand him. It was to the point where me and my other cousins would be outside playing dodgeball, but Tony was the only target. It was that kind of bad. That disrespectful. That because part. I was being forced to spend time with him, but we great now. He's like oh my, my bestie. <laughs> so to paint a picture, imagine that much of an annoyance that you got with like a younger cousin or a younger sibling. You can't treat your relationship with God like that. It's funny because I think it was last week um, our bishop said something and I was just like, it really just like, it like slapped me in the face. He was like, man, if God treated you the way that you treat him, you'd be dead. <laughs> I was just like... God, leave me your text message like, on red. Man, that's real. Like, for real. Like, when you really got to think of it, you really got to think of it from the standpoint of, like, he's a real person. And he is a real person. He's in, He lives in everybody. And I think that's the thing that people fail to realize is that, you know, we have these shells. We're not... We're not these bodies. Yeah. And just think that when you get past that and realize that you're talking to some, like you're talking to, you know, a human, you're talking to a human being and that we're all, we're all the exact same in the inside. And like you said earlier, is that sometimes the only Jesus or the only God that people are going to see is the God and the Jesus and you. So we have to really stand by, we have to really lead by example. And it's really hard. To this, it's it so is. much pressure. It but is. then when you think about it in a comparison to, I mean, 
Jesus did it though. <laughs> so it's like you kind of have to live up, not necessarily live up to that, but you know that should be your goal. You should be striving for that. That should be your goal, and I think that it's really important to remember that the thing that really hit me the hardest is two stories in the Bible. I think that hit with me the hardest. It was, um, you know, just uh, I can't remember the scripture off the hand. I just like drew a, had a serious brain fart. But just to know that Jesus was in fact tested the in every possible way that all of us have ever been tested. So that means... Man, when he was coming back with that word, though, like, you're not about to sit up here and tell me to uh, just be making bread out of thin air. Like, I ain't hungry. My daddy got. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, basically what, that's basically what Jesus said. Like, uh, if you hungry, you know you can turn this into some bread. Boy, I ain't hungry. Man. I got everything I need with but the word. It's, it's crazy <laughs> because that was the one. And then the other one is like with Job. So the story of Job is he he basically lost everything he went through absolute Job, hell. Job, Job was a real one. He was being tested. He um, cried. He, and then he stopped crying and just so just like Micah said, the devils and the enemy is going to try to do anything he possibly can to to um, knock you off your pedestal. Now the thing that to remember is that if you feel some opposition, that means that you own to something. And guys working in you, so it's your wedding season. It's it's really it's really crazy to see like whenever you feel like something about to happen, when it feels like you backed up against the wall to where you can't get no more backed up against the wall. I bet you get a breakthrough, man. You come on the other side. You better pray like your life depends on it because it does. And that goes back to like what I was saying about Job. It's just like he. He got to the point where he had been stripped of everything. Like I feel like his whole family had I can't remember the whole story, but his family had died. He lost his house. Like I feel like he had he had some kind of disease, like where his skin was like it was just it was he was going through everything. And he wound up he he came through all of it. And the devil essentially tried to basically bet God, like, I bet you, I bet you he cracked. I bet you he cracked. And he just got put through the ringer, essentially, and he didn't crack. And the, to tie it all back to, to present day, I'm going through it right now. Micah and I are getting married in 24 days. I just came back from our trip, which is why our uh, last episode was late. There was some kind of weird thing where it was only like nine minutes. Everybody was telling me that it was nine minutes. So thank you all for telling me. We had to take it down and re-upload. But I came back from my trip on Sunday night. Monday, I go to get our marriage license. Dealing with them downtown yet again was almost as much as a catastrophe as the first time, except for I was down there so early that they didn't have the opportunity to be trash. Finally, trash. finally leave. I'm going to put some air in my tires because my low tire pressure light was on. I'm coming up the freeway. Bam, get into an accident. Now, the front of my car basically looked like Thanos then punched it in the face. It's like mid-transformer, not fully transformed. Man, and then if it did transform, it would be a Decepticon. My front car looked like it's having a stroke. Like the, the left side of my face, or the left side of my car's face is really slumped. It looks so sad. It's not really the left side that is slumped. It's just that the right side is so up. Exactly. So then it's an droopy. angle. But that literally <laughs> happened. 24 days before our wedding. We paying for all this stuff. We still paying for stuff. And it was just like, 
I, I can't remember who I was talking to or if I was listening to something. Devil tried to take my baby off the game. He tried to kill me, y'all. I don't even got no life insurance policy on this man yet. Like, he dog, just really was out here trying this, to show up. This fool trying to kill me. You know, like the thing that I thought about after, at first of all, I, I hopped out the car. I checked on his car before I checked on checked myself and my car. So then it was like, oh, then I checked my car and I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. But it was just like when I realized that he really hates everything guy related, including our pending marriage. It's just like, I bro. I he had to laugh at work the other day. Like, you boy, this boy trying to kill me, bro. Because you had your car accident. I think after we got off the phone, probably like an hour later after the shot kind of wore off, I literally sat at my desk and I had a good chuckle because I'm like, this wedding's finna be lit. Man, forget this the wedding. This marriage about to be lit. This marriage. This dude tried to kid. He tried to take me out the game, so I couldn't do. We couldn't do nothing. Caleb think he played Icewood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to I'm not about to spit the lyrics that I don't want to spit. Please don't. <laughs> but anyways, he tried to kill me. He tried to kill me. He prayed on my downfall. <laughs> Try to have me in his wheelchair. Like he I know I'm gonna walk again. Him. I know I'm gonna walk again. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Dog. But, but it's just yeah. That man, it's it's just crazy because, you know, I could be mad. I could be livid. But I could, I, I, I chose not to let that really dictate everything else. I know I got a lot of other things to work on, and then on top of that, my car is not total. I can still drive my car; it's ugly, and oh. it's it's kind of hard to drive my car knowing that it don't look the same. It's like waking up in the mirror and your face look weird. Like, oh, so sad. But you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm believing for a new car, so I'll just wait for y'all to just like. When I we come on here and we give y'all the episode update, it's like, oh yeah, he got a new car. I forgot to tell y'all, and then I'm just gonna be laughing hysterically because this this dude really tried to kill me, bro. <laughs> like I really, I can really, I can honestly say that now. Actually, oh, this God. ain't even the first time. This is the second time. Oh, in the same matter of fact, third time, and all three of them been in the car. We about to get you this bus pass. Where your D dot bus pass at? I got it in the car. Cause this I'm about to for sure be on that Evergreen. <laughs> I don't like it. You have fun on that. I'll be continuing to drive my vehicle with its gas guzzling self. Lord. But just finding that trust that God gonna work it out. I don't have time to be stressed out. Because I'm super last minute. My dresses don't fit. They both need to be hemmed and taken in. But you know what? I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I thought you was going with that. I'm cute. I done lost some weight. Man. Unintentionally, and I don't even know. Like, man, I was trying so hard to eat my sweets. Like, no, I had made you a key wasn't. lime pie. I was at first. I had made that key lime pie. I ate almost that whole key lime pie by myself. I know I ain't touched none, so I don't know who else ate it. <laughs> it was just me. Never touched that. I had key lime pie for dinner. It was gross. It was delicious, and you're a hater. <laughs> anyway, I, I ended up getting food poisoning. Which is another situation. I was doing real good with keeping my weight consistent. When I bought my wedding dress, it fit perfectly. Like, it was made for me. Perfectly. I tried that dress on on Sunday. It was like, oh, so this is what we doing. So you're just not going to fit. Cool. Cool. Okay. That's all right. And then you tried it on the day. 
I try. So I have two dresses. I have a wedding dress and I have a reception dress. She needed a the reception, reception dress, dress so she can go crazy. The reception dress I actually bought from the store. This is true. I actually tested this dress in the store to make sure that I could go crazy. Because we going up. But I tried the dress on and it was like big in the size. And I'm like, okay, this is problematic because I was only planning to get this dress him. So I got three weeks to this wedding. Neither one of my dresses fit. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. Down by the beach. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got <laughs> to get both of my dresses altered. And it's just like one more thing where it's like, you trying it, but we still about to get married. Like, oh, you tried to tell us we wasn't going to be able to get this marriage license? Oh, we got it. We still about to get married. We thought I wasn't going to go back down there, my G. Yeah. Shout out to Caleb. For... He tried to kill me, bro. If you say that one more time. That's going to be the name of this episode. It's not. This dude tried to kill me. Dear Lord, y'all see what y'all started? Y'all see? Y'all see? This, this, this is just ridiculous. I'm really in awe right now. I know you are, honey. He looks so shocked, y'all. I wish y'all could see his face. Because <laughs> this is about to be... Something about to happen. Something big is about to happen. Matter of fact, let me tell you what happened. I just realized it. I'm, he already showing up. Dude tried to kill me on what? Monday? Yes. What's today? Wednesday. Yesterday. And today. I've been just getting all types of just random... Random... Uh, the lady who called you the other day was that was that a week ago? When was that when the lady called you? Like, oh, that was last week when the lady called you and was asking you to take like graduation pictures and prom pictures. Just all just random money. And she, she was like, oh, here's the money. When Caleb answered the phone, he was like, she just random said he, he never got the lady's name. He don't even know who this person. She was. paid me though. Out of control. But it's crazy because it was like all these all these gigs start popping up and. Just all types of different opportunities that start popping up, and it's just like he trying to take he trying to take me out. He tried to really kill me. We about to go to uh, where we going? We about to go somewhere on a vacation and just live it up and celebrate. Oh, we going our vacation is this honeymoon. Tuesday. <laughs> That's gonna be our next vacation. Tuesday. We ain't going nowhere before that unless we going to speak for yourself. Cause I'm leaving this weekend. I'm sorry, you look sad. You didn't even have to say that. Why did you just bring that up? I'm sorry. You look so sad. See, when I told you I was leaving, you was like, all right, bye. I'm sorry. See? I like the silence. I was in here wow. I was in here singing Anita Baker cleaning the house. I had my Sade on and my candles. Blowing. I was doing yoga. It was great. I have nothing to say. That means she can't do any of this when I'm here, guys. She said she liked the quiet, so that means that I'm chaotic. And extremely loud. That's not true at all. <laughs> That's how it came off. Not true at all. It's like, y'all, it was so quiet. I loved every second of it. You was down in Yammy turning up with the City Boys. Don't ever say that again. The City Boys is all dead. <laughs> city Boys is gone. They drowned on that boat tour y'all was on? Almost. He almost tipped that boat. Let me draw the boot. That thing was going fast. No. It was going very fast. And he for sure bust a 180 or a bus full of people. I mean, not a bus, a boat full of people. So, but you know, that trip went by real quick. I feel like this trip going to drag. It ain't go back quick for me. We go, First of all, you was gone the same amount of time that I'm about to be gone. So, that's really just crazy. Because the majority of the time that I'm going, I'm going to be driving. 
Like I'm literally going to be in the car for 17 hours, two out of the four days that I'm gone. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be here with me. This is true. Thanks. I was going to say you could go visit my mama, but she coming with me too. Sorry. Who going to be at the house? I got to check on the house. Nobody. Bruh. No, Nettie be there. All right, cool. She ain't coming. But yeah, I'll be here by myself. Can you uh, mop the floor while I'm going? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I found some stuff for you to assemble. What? Is that all I am to you as a handyman? Absolutely not. I thought you were about to say absolutely. I was about to cut this and this whole oh, thing real short. No. We just rambling. It's time to go to sleep. On that note, <laughs> go ahead and wrap this up. We have how many more episodes left before the season ends slash we get married? Are we stopping it? Are we stopping it the week of? How are we doing this? We ain't discussed this yet, y'all. But I'm pretty sure we're not going to be recording while we're on a honeymoon. You can forget about Three that. Three more episodes. So we're doing 10 and out. 10 and out, then a break. 10, then a break. Pretty much. What episode is this? Eight? Dang. You don't know how they going to know. It is a. They gonna know when I when I put it out and I type episode eight. They gonna be listening to this like they was tired. What is they talking about? If they made it this far, they don't care. This is true. We've been rambling for like the last fifteen minutes. I feel like we we owe it to y'all. I hope y'all actually listen this far. That would make me feel a lot better <laughs> about all of this rambling. <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all for listening and for sticking with us through our technical issues for last week's episode. We love y'all. And we just really enjoy interacting with y'all on our Instagram page. Feel free to follow us on This Life Together with the T-W and the O. Um, you know, leave us a comment. We do respond. Give us some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's who. Because you know they be trying to act like we don't matter. We matter. Yeah. We matter. What's wrong with y'all? He tried to kill me. Y'all better give me Good a five-star. All right, y'all. We, we see y'all on the next episode. All right, peace. Bye. These are difficult times. It's winter and the pandemic continues to affect our lives every single day. And because we know this prolonged increased isolation makes it harder to get sober and stay sober, Recovery Centers of America wants you to know that they remain open and ready to help. Recovery Centers of America is a drug and alcohol addiction treatment leader with detoxification and residential treatment centers across the East Coast and Midwest. RCA's expert team of medical professionals will customize a treatment program that works for you to help you overcome your addiction and begin a life in recovery. RCA always answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365. And because safety is a top priority, COVID-19 protocols, including pre-screening measures and testing, are in place to keep you safe. Don't wait. Call today. Dial 855-605-2655. 855-605-2655. These are difficult times. It's winter and the pandemic continues to affect our lives every single day. And because we know this prolonged, increased isolation makes it harder to get sober and stay sober, Recovery Centers of America wants you to know that they remain open and ready to help. 
Recovery Centers of America is a drug and alcohol addiction treatment leader with detoxification and residential treatment centers across the East Coast and Midwest. RCA's expert team of medical professionals will customize a treatment program that works for you to help you overcome your addiction and begin a life in recovery. RCA always answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365. And because safety is a top priority, COVID-19 protocols, including pre-screening measures and testing, are in place to keep you safe. Don't wait. Call today. Dial 855-605-2655. 855-605-2655.